everybody hi welcome to the we don't want to grow up podcast we're back and very happy so happy go grab your bowl of cereal we're about to get into it we're getting into it yes get up close to your phone or i don't know your car radio except watch the road whatever it is that you're listening on and pretend like you're watching a saturday morning cartoon with us because we're going to start out with the cereal today we are yeah what's your cereal mine is C-3PO's. Yes. Very opportunistic by the Star Wars marketers. I remember this vaguely. Yes. I I can remember the box. I feel like I've had a couple boxes of this. Yeah. But it came out just a little bit after Return of the Jedi. So it was trying to- How old were you then? uh, Let's see. Seven? Okay. That would have been prime cereal time. Yeah, absolutely. I like that prime cereal time. Mm Mm-hmm. They're like these- They look like- Cheerios, but they're figure eights, which I guess are supposed to be C-3PO's eyes. Oh. And like on the back of the box, it'd have like a Luke cutout, like the face of Luke. You could cut out and put on your face. (gasps) They'd have like Star Wars. Like one of those. Yeah, like a a paper mask. It was like the the shape of, it was Luke Skywalker's face. I was trying to think of the name of the masks. Oh, the Ben Cooper masks. But that's not paper. Yeah, that's that's like plastic. plastic, Yeah. (laughs) Disregard. 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 They'd also have Star Wars playing cards. As a treat? Yeah, like inside the box. Mm -hmm. Or stickers, which uh, I didn't get the stickers, but those would have gone in the garbage. (laughs) He hates stickers so much. He hates stickers. And it kind of tasted like- On the side of my mom's refrigerator or my closet door or my bedroom furniture. I had stickers everywhere. You would stick them on it? Yes. No, thank you. I remember specifically asking my mom, like my friend Leah and I were walking around the house looking for somewhere that we could put these stickers. I think they were strawberry shortcake stickers. And so maybe we thought it was perfect because my mom had this glorious strawberry kitchen. She did have There a are some pictures <laughs> on Instagram of that kitchen where you can see it in the background. I wish I just had like a full picture of the kitchen as it was, but I don't think I have that. We need to check with your mom and see if she does. She probably does. Soon we need to go to her house and go through her picture yes. bins. Yes. But I remember walking around looking for a place to put these stickers and my mom was gracious enough to let us put a few stickers just in this small little section on our green refrigerator. Like stick them on the fridge. Yes. Wow. So there was this little patch of stickers. There was like maybe five or something just. Oh, how high up were they? Oh, they were like mid, you know, they were like in the middle of the refrigerator because we were like five. Just little. Yeah. Or four, maybe. Yeah. And they stayed there, you know, until my parents got a new fridge. Then I just wanted to take the fridge door off so that I could (laughs) have the stickers forever. Anyway, so my cereal this week is the Rainbow Bright cereal. Mm. You can't go wrong with that. The release of it coincided with the release of the 1985 movie. Did they they never just release a cereal because it was delicious and fun? It's like, it's just like, well, now it's time to market to these kids. (laughs) Well, I'm sure that, you know, like Fruit Loops didn't have a movie. Frosted Flakes. That's a good point. Cheerios, Rice Krispies. There's lots of them that didn't have something associated with it. Valid. That's valid. Okay. Thank you for validating me. So the movie was Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer. And then the Rainbow Bright cartoon had debuted a year earlier in 84. On the box, it was described as a sweetened cereal with natural fruit flavors that was fortified with nine essential vitamins and minerals. Wow. Fortified. (laughs) Fortified. They looked like little rainbows. But they were like, each one was like a solid color. And so it was kind of multicolor. Okay. But it when you look at the pictures, I'll have to share them. But they kind of look like a bowl of elbow macaroni. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. It's like <laughs> colored elbow macaroni. Yeah. So I don't know. But I just love it because it's rainbow bright. I don't even know if I ever had it. I just love it. Well, hey, nothing wrong with loving it and just wanting it. Yeah, that's it. I want it on my shelf right now in our nostalgia room. We'll find a box. We probably can for $300 on eBay. It sounds worth it. That Ghostbusters cereal is like $500. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> 
listen, there are a lot more toys that I'll never play with that I would pay more money for than a box of cereal. Yeah. But maybe we can print out the cover and put it on an old or on a new box that we have. Maybe we'll just look at it and Google. <laughs> we'll just occasionally pull it up on our phones when we want to feel nostalgic about it. Satiated. <laughs> Okay, so this week was very much dipping back into childhood for both of us. Yeah. The first one was more something that you had a lot of memories tied to. I feel like I only watched it like one time. Oh, wow. Okay. So I have very fuzzy memories of it. I only watched this one time per year at a minimum for about... 10 years. Right. So I feel like it needs to be yours to kind of take the reins on. Well, I'll take it then. You need to jump on Falcor's back. Oh. And. Spoiler alert. (laughs) It's 1984. (laughs) There is a Falcor. (laughs) It is the never ending story. Never ending story. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) So this film. Story. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Directed by Wolfgang Peterson. Wolfgang, he was German, right? Wolfgang, yeah, he's German. This was actually his first English language film. Wow, well done. Yeah. So this is a story about a kid named Bastion. He's having a hard time, little Bastion. It's short for Sebastian, right? Sebastian. Bye-bye, little Sebastian. Oh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I don't know if you all watch... Parks and Rec. But if you do, we went to see Nick Offerman at the Ryman in Nashville on our first wedding anniversary. So that would have been in 2019. Yeah. And front row, front row center, not a camera was allowed in sight. So we didn't have anything aside from a picture of an empty stage with a microphone just to show that we were there, but we couldn't have it out while he was there on stage. But he ended it with Bye Bye Lil Sebastian. And I don't know. What a rendition. My cheeks hurt from smiling. It was great. Okay, sorry. Back to Never Ending Story. (laughs) So we got Bastion, little guy. He's having a hard time. His mom just passed away. His dad looks to be very businesslike. He is lecturing him in the kitchen on a Tuesday or Wednesday (laughs) or whatever school day it is while taking orange juice and putting it in a blender. With an egg, right? And cracking an egg and putting it in there and just drinking it. I'm like, is this a thing? So bizarre. Very bizarre. But, uh, you know, his dad tells him, oh, Bastion, you got to come out of the clouds, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, he he didn't want him like reading the books and thinking of anything fantasy like. Yeah, don't imagine at all, Bastion. Even though you've just been through this tragedy. Right. We just got to get work done. We just got to get back to it. Yeah. And then there's there's kids that are bullying him on the way to school, I assume so probably mean. at school. Yeah, they toss him in a dumpster and then beat him up, take his money. No fun. No. So after he gets tossed in the dumpster and then beat up again, he's running from the bullies and hides in a bookstore. Inside the store, he comes across a store owner who has the never-ending storybook and tells him, oh yeah, don't touch this book. This book isn't for you. Don't touch it. Obviously wants him to take it. Yeah, it very because, much feels like it, it's, yes. it's reverse psychology. It's definitely reverse psychology. He's he, like, take it. It will change your life. Yes. He <sighs> snags, don't take it. Don't take it. Don't touch that book right there <laughs> while I turn my back. <laughs> he snags the book, heads to school, and then sees, oh, snap, I've got a math quiz. Didn't study for it, probably. Yeah, because he's not doing well in school. Not doing well in school. So he takes the book and goes upstairs in the school to the attic. Like, how does he know where the attic is? I didn't know where our school's attic was. I don't think we and had And my an mom attic. worked at the school. Yeah. Well, we didn't have an attic. We had a roof that I locked myself out on once. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I, and I got that. stuck up there because I locked the door and I tried to rappel down the... <laughs> With a wire, and I, I hung off the side of the building. Like Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man, and I'm pulling the wire until it comes taut so then I can rappel down. End of the wire goes flying off as I'm hanging off oh the side God. of the building. And I wasn't powerful enough to bring myself back up. Ugh. So I jumped down. It's a wonder that you're sitting here with me today. Yes, with two working legs. But he goes up into the attic. He's got the key somehow, and he, he pops up there, starts reading the book about... A young warrior who's given the task of stopping the nothing, which is a dark force that's engulfing the Wonderland world of Fantasia. It reminds me of the smoke monster on Lost. Yeah, just like Mm -hmm. encompassing everything. And this warrior is key to saving the Empress and Fantasia. It's a good story. Based on the 1979 novel... 
the never-ending story, aptly named. But the film only covers the first half of the book, which I didn't know. There's two other movies that I don't know that I've seen. They've got the never-ending. I feel like we should maybe watch them. We probably should. There's the never-ending story two, the next chapter, which is part of the book. And then the never-ending story three, Escape from Fantasia, which has an original plot that's not based on the book. So we should at least watch probably the second one. Yeah. This is starring probably some names you've never heard before because they did this movie and not a lot else. So I'll just hit the high notes. You got Barrett Oliver as Bastion. Noah Hathaway as Atreyu, who's the warrior. Atreyu. Atreyu. You have Tammy Stronich as the childlike empress, who... Bastion later on gives the name of Moonchild, which is key to saving Fantasia. That naming, yes. Yes. You have Alan Oppenheimer as the voices of Falcor, which is the big flying dragon dog. Mm-hmm. Gamork, which is the wolf, the rock biter, and the narrator, which he does a lot of characters. A lot yeah. of those are my favorite. Yeah, those are good characters. Yeah. Um, you got Deep Roy as Teeny Weeny, a messenger riding on a racing snail, and Tilo Pruckner as Nighthob, who is a messenger riding on a narcoleptic bat. And you know, they have like a pretty small role along with the rock biter. Yeah. You kind of see him later on, but they still are such a big part, you know, because they're the first people you meet. Yeah, there's not a lot of characters. Creatures that you meet, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of sparse as far as characters go. It's a lot of Atreyu with Artax, his horse, Mm -hmm. um, for a little while anyways. Uh, No spoilers. Allowed there, I suppose, but um, <laughs> I love the narcoleptic bat. Yeah, he's just like he'll be flying and just fall asleep while the guy's riding on his back, or he'll be sitting there falling asleep. He's great, he's a good little character. <laughs> so, the producer of this movie, his children read the book and begged him to make a movie about it. I would do the same thing if my dad was a producer. Yes, he wasn't really sure about it, but eventually he got the rights to the book and made the movie. The author of the book, so the author, which is Michael End or Endy, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it. He didn't like what he was seeing as the movie was being made and ordered them <laughs> to stop filming or change <laughs> the title. Stop this filming at once. Stop it once. They didn't. That should have been with a German accent, but I don't stop know. Stop this at once. <laughs> they didn't stop and he sued, but he lost. And he called the film. Yeah, I'm sure that's tough. You know, like you go through this whole process. You created this and you're like, this is not anything like I was picturing. He said it's a a gigantic melodrama of kitsch, commerce, plush and plastic. So he was not happy. Burn. Side note, Mm -hmm. Korn's album, The Nothing, was also based on the nothing in the movie. It's actually a pretty sad story because I was reading that Jonathan Davis, the lead singer of Korn Night, He kind of wrote it about dealing with, I believe it was his Mm ex-wife's passing or like an estranged wife that he just, it was just this thing that was haunting him, you know, and so it was kind of about that or inspired by that. Hmm. But it makes sense when you think about the movie as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. And then you you brought this up. I'd, I'd forgotten about this. In the season finale of uh, Stranger Things, season three, <laughs> Dustin and his girlfriend Susie sing the theme song of The NeverEnding Story, and it was epic. So good. Yes. I love it. I Honestly, since we watched it last week, I've been singing their version of it <laughs> in my head yeah. every day. But this is one that, like, at my private school, we'd have a yearly sledding day where we'd get to eat pizza, sled all day because the school was on this big hill and watch The NeverEnding Story. I think there was another movie that we watched, but I don't remember it. But I know every year we watched The NeverEnding Story because it was safe, I guess. <laughs> Such a sad movie, too. It is a sad With movie. With a lot of emotions. Yeah, like... And the actors, I was thinking about this as we were watching, like, what great little actors they found. Yeah. Who have to deal with some very serious emotions and... It's all very believable. Like they're crying and going through all this strife between Atreyu and Bastion and the things that they have to deal with. I was just watching these children cry and it was so good. And I'm like, I can't believe that they weren't in anything else that I saw, you know. Barrett Oliver was in a couple more movies. He was Mm in, I forget what they were called, where he was like a robot or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but he didn't do a lot after that. They're both like super artistic. Yeah. Like... Uh, Atreyu is like a literal artist and Barrett Oliver is like a musician of some kind. Okay, something. So that makes they, sense. They were, they were great yeah. at what they did. Yeah. So what, what were your favorite moments or takeaways from it? Okay. I chose, there's this one scene where we meet Morla, the ancient one. 
and it's like this giant turtle-like creature. It's yeah. like Atreyu is looking for her and he's like on top of this hill and then all of a sudden the hill starts to starts rise. It's huge. And he falls off because it's Morla. And she, he's like all distraught and everything. I feel like this is after losing. Yeah, he's lost Artax at that point. <laughs> it, he's he's distraught and he's all muddy because he's been in the swamps of sadness and he's seeking guidance. You know, he needs to know where to go and hoping that she'll help. And she like gives zero F's. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, Whoa. She's like, you got another 10,000 miles to go and you're probably not going to make it. And I could help you, but I'm not gonna. And then even better, she's allergic to him. So she starts yeah. sneezing <laughs> and she sneezes and he's like holding on to a tree branch, like trying not to fly <laughs> off. Yeah. Just getting covered with her grossness. And she just sneezes like a million times. All over him. Yep. That's pretty much it. But I just thought that was a fun scene. She's a, a fun character. And then all things Falker, like, he's just such a magical being that makes you feel safe. Like, even just watching it, it's like, as a child, again, I don't remember a lot about this movie. Mm -hmm. The only things I really remember are Falcor and the Empress. And I think it's because they're like two characters that make you feel safe. Yeah, they both do. Yeah. And so as an adult, rewatching it, it was like, as soon as I saw him, I was just like, oh. Okay. I love it's you, all Falcor. gonna be okay. Yeah. You know? He's so soothing. Very soothing. Although when watching the animatronics, they move his nose too much. <laughs> yeah, they don't move his mouth when he's talking, but his nose moves a real lot. It does. Sorry if I've ruined it for you now if you rewatch it and you just notice his nose moving too much, but it definitely moves too much. <laughs> I'm so curious because they they talked about Peter Jackson acquiring the rights to this movie and he was going to remake it back in 2015 or that something. That seems spot on. Yeah. I would love if that happened to see a reimagining of it, what it would look like nowadays through the mind of somebody like Peter Jackson. Yeah. And then when Bastion finally names the princess at the end. Yeah. Um, Sorry, spoiler alert. It's like this whole realization that he actually really is a part of the story. And I just had full on chills when he finally yells, Moonchild! Yeah. And he, so he's naming her and... And that was like his mother's name. It's yeah, like, which I thought was interesting. It's crazy. It must have been a... I don't know why she would have been named... Because she's... That's like a very hippie type name, but his father seemed very straight-laced. Yeah. So I don't know what that was about. Yeah, that was odd. But maybe we should look more into that. Yep. But yeah, and then just the end where he... Bastion finally goes to Fantasia and... Moonchild gives him this little grain of sand and that's says, all that's left of Fantasia. All One grain left. of sand. And with that though, he can make any wish that he wants. And he can there are there are like infinite wishes yep. that he can have forever. He just has to use his imagination. And his first wish is she's like, What's your first wish? And then, then it cuts to him riding on Falcor's back, yeah. like Atreo did. And it's just so such a great moment. And you just see him bringing everything back to life that the nothing took away. Yeah, that, and that was like my first wish as well. I was like, man, I want to ride Falcor. But there was a ride at a theme park up in New York where you would go into like this three 360 degree theater and they'd have like rails for you to hang on to but it would feel like you were basically taking a helicopter ride around the mountains mm-hmm. but it always reminded me of what riding on Falcor might might be like Aww. and there's a Disney ride what is it where you're like hanging you're like sitting and your feet are hanging what ride is that you remember we're talking about Soren Soren at Epcot. Yes. That should be made into the Falcor ride. Yeah, it should be made into that. <laughs> that would be amazing. All right. So for me, I always loved the attic that he was in. Uh-huh. It always felt like such an awesome place to read a book. It gave me a little bit of <clears throat> Goonies vibes, but probably yes. just because of the skeletons. Yeah, I can see that, though. That That's a good analogy. But he's got a big blanket up there with him. He's got like a PB&J sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> And I love that he like rations himself. Yeah. He's like, there's a lot of book to read. I can't, I can't eat it all right now. So I always loved that part of it. I was like, man, I want to find that attic and read me a book up there too. Yeah. Seems very cozy. Yeah. And I love a kid that loves to read. Mm-hmm. And then the swamps of sadness always get me. They, it's so like well done as far as really bringing on that feeling of sadness. Like everything that happens with Atreyu and Artax for a movie at that time, like at that age, that was impactful. You're like, did they just kill his horse like his best friend? I really think I blocked that out. You must have. 
Because I watched it and I was like, they are not killing that horse. They are not killing that horse. They They killed that horse. And I was just like, what did I just watch? And how did I watch that as a child and survive? And like I said, all I remember from that movie is Falcor and the Empress. And I think it's because I blocked all that sad stuff out. Because there's a lot of sadness that happens in this movie. There is. But it's like parallel to Bastion losing his mom and, you know, going through grief and everything. And there's nothing he can do like Atreus pulling on our tax as hard as he can and he just can't save him. Ugh. So it was, it was pretty sad. I so could cry right now, just it's hard to say that's like a favorite <laughs> spot, right? No, but, but it's impactful. It is. It's so it's just so well done. Mm-hmm. And then you know me, number three, typical. <laughs> so Gamork is the uh, wolf-like creature. Mm -hmm. Very different from what was in the books, but he looks like a green-eyed wolf, essentially. But I always liked how real he felt. You know, he he wasn't pretending to... He he wasn't trying to, like, trick Atreyu or anything like that. He was being upfront about what his mission was. And maybe it's because he didn't know who Atreyu was. But eventually they fought. And I thought Gamork kind of got a raw end of the deal because I feel like he would have eaten Atreyu straight up. (laughs) But you think he should have eaten that tree? Yeah, I'd have been fine with that. What? Just kidding. Kidding. <laughs> but then I always question, did he come back too? When everything... Well, but yeah. if it was all in Bastion's hands, I don't think he would have brought him back or he wouldn't... And he wouldn't have brought the nothing back. Well, I guess we'd have to see... You're, you're right, because... But we Gamork haven't watched was, the, two, the other two movies. So. Yeah, so Gamork was the servant of the nothing. So right. maybe he doesn't come back, but you're right. Second but you movie. know that there will be some other villain if it's not them. It ought to be him, though. For sure. But those are my favorite parts of the movie. That was a good choice. I feel like along with our second topic, it was kind of just fitting because they were things that we were very young yeah. watching. Right. And like I said, I blocked out a lot of stuff, but I can see how as little Petey <laughs> watching that every year on his sledding day, how that could be. Very nostalgic and also impactful because there's a lot of emotion going on. Have my moon boots on. (sighs) Traipsing up that big hill was a good time. Did they have it scheduled or was it like, hey, when we have a really big snow, one day we're just going to decide that this will be our sledding day? No, you would know it's not it wasn't like really scheduled. You would know it was going to be like, hey, we're for sure going to get snow on this day or we already have snow and it's not going to get any warmer because it would snow a lot. You know, there'd be like three feet of snow on the ground. So, you know, hey, let's do this February 12th because, you know, on the 8th, there's still snow or something like that. So it would be planned, but they wouldn't spring it on you like that day. Right. So you'd be prepped because you got to bring your sled. Would you wear pajamas? That To me, that feels like a very pajama day. No, no pajamas. Oh. See, for me, you know, when I was teaching in Florida, obviously we didn't have snow days, but we would have, sometimes around Christmas, we would have Polar Express Day, which I think a lot of people, a lot of schools do, where everybody wears their pajamas to school. Yeah. And you watch Polar Express. But we would, like, in February have Teddy Bear Week, which is, like, very cozy and cuddly. And then on that Friday, we would have Pajama Day or Pajama Day, PJ Day, however, <laughs> PJ you, Day. however you say it. Pajama. Pajama, pajama. And we'd watch movies and just have, it just felt like a slumber party and cozy and fun. And we'd, I think we had pizza or something, you know, just treats. So it reminds me of that. that I wish day. we could just live in a world where. Every day just, was pajama day. Every day was just pajama day. <laughs> Me too. Kind of is right now. <laughs> Working from home. Am I right? I love wearing my comfy pants. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know. Like at this point, it's weird to like have to put jeans on it. You know, when you go out, yeah, it's like, you just oh, don't go out very often. I got to get all dressed up in my holy jeans. <laughs> I got to put shoes on? You really won't know what to do if you have to go in the office and like wear dress pants. Oh my goodness. There won't be any dress pants. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) So like, wait a minute, I've got to comb my hair today? I can't just wear a hat? What world am I living in? Okay. So the next thing we're going to talk about is a part two. Round two. Ding, 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 (laughs) ding. It's a round two of something we talked about in our very first podcast episode. Back when we were babies, a whole like six months ago. We're so pro now. We're so professional. (laughs) (laughs) But it's hard for me sometimes because I feel like when people go to listen to our podcast for the first time, they listen to our first episode, either because they like to do things in order. And I I understand that because I do that when I listen to podcasts. But also because you hear like, oh, Jim and the Holograms and the Goonies, like that's 
epic. I have to listen to that. But we were so new. And so I feel like we're a little more stoic and a little more. It feels like we're reading probably. Hey, don't be slagging us off. I'm not going to slag us off. I'm just saying that I hope that you have stuck around because I feel like we definitely are more comfortable now. And I don't sound like a robot. I don't either. (laughs) But we did promise you that we would come back to Jim because at that point when we did that first episode, we had only watched the first season and a half. Yeah. The first season and half of season two. So this was a little different because I feel like with a lot of shows that we watch, we'll just watch like the first episode of a season, the last episode, maybe a few in between, but we don't watch every episode. But with Gem and the Holograms. Every single (laughs) episode. Every single episode we have watched. Yeah. And I can't believe we finished it. I was sad to finish it. I was sad to finish it too. I was like, I don't think that I ever saw that as a child. I don't, I don't know. I think that I just saw episodes sporadically. Yes. And I don't remember, I didn't remember how it ended. Obviously, because we talked about that in the first episode. Like, I, I didn't remember if Rio ever found out that Jem was Jerrica and Jerrica was Jem. And there were some characters that had come in that I did remember, but Pete hadn't seen them yet. Yeah. So we didn't talk about that last time. I don't know. So I'm just glad that we Me too. revisited it. And it was like every episode that I would click next on when it was getting towards the end, uh-huh. I would be afraid that it was the end. That that would be the last one. I, was like, I didn't want to go look and look. And see if I was it's like, the no. finale and he's like, no, I'm like, I need to be mentally prepared if it's the finale. But then we were scared that it was going to be like many shows, you know, get canceled and you don't get like a real solid yeah. finale. I feel like we could tell that was the end. Yes, I think they knew it was the end. They did, yeah. So obviously it's Jim and the Holograms. And I believe if you're listening to this, you probably have listened to the first episode. You're probably familiar with the characters, but we'll just give a brief... Blast them out. Do it. ...rundown. So there's Jerrica Bitten. There is Rio, who's the love interest for both Jerrica and Jim. There's Jim, who is Jerrica's alter ego, right? She's this magical rock star. Like, Jerrica's this, like, blonde, put-together executive, owner of Starlight House, where she's got these foster children, and she's a very kind person, and all of that, where you have Jim, who's like this pink-haired, fashionable rock rock star. star. There's Synergy, who is the computer that Jerrica and Kimber's father made before he passed away. Which we find is based on... It's based on their mother, who passed away in a plane crash. I didn't know that until rewatching these. We didn't know. And their father passed away from an illness. We don't know. We don't know what it was. But so ultimately, it's like their parents had a foster home themselves, and then they passed away. And so then Jerrica and Kimber carried that on. Kimber! You didn't say it right. (laughs) Kimber! Kimber! So Synergy. Showtime Synergy. The computer that their dad had made before he passed away, she can project any kind of hologram. And that's where Jem comes from. And she basically saves them from many life-threatening situations. Yeah, as we covered in the first one, there are a lot of felonies. (laughs) There's a lot of near death. There's a lot of screaming. A lot of screaming and a lot of scheming. A lot of scheming, too. Dangerous scheming. Their boyfriend doesn't even know. Who is who? They don't. He doesn't know that he's basically dating the same person. Nor does he care. But he's essentially he cheating, care. and they don't care either. Everybody's like, cool with it. Jim slash Jerrica doesn't care that he's a cheater. Yeah. But I guess they ultimately know he's actually not cheating. They kind of address it though, where Jerrica gets upset that all the attention is on Jim. It's right. just like, oh, that's you. But yeah. <laughs> and so then she creates a third alter ego when they're in uh, Greece. Her, and Her name started with a J too. Oh, Jamie, it, it I It was think. a Jamie. Yeah. And Rio's, all his attention is on Jamie. And he just doesn't know why, but he's just drawn to her. He yeah. just feels like he knows her. And then they finally tell her, be like, well, maybe he's just attracted to you. Just like, yeah. You think so? You're all the same person. Except if you would just tell him, then all of this could be solved. Well, Rio does not like... He does not like a liar. A liar. He says that. He does not like a liar. And he's so proud. He's very proud. You know, Rio, he's so proud. He's so proud. (laughs) Sorry, you might have to listen to our first episode to get that one, but... Or watch Jem and hear her say exactly what we just said. 
So then there's Kimber, we already mentioned, is Jerrica's younger sister, and she's also in the band. Mm-hmm. Aja and Shayna are their foster sisters, also in the band. And then you have Rhea, who came in a little bit later. Super pink hair. But yeah, she's a pink-haired beauty as well. She, yes. she plays the drums. Uh, she kind of came in because Shayna was leaving briefly to go pursue her fashion career, but then she came back. So then Shayna, who was the drummer, shifted to be the bass player. You know, it's a little complicated, but they, they, they made it work. Yeah. Then you have the Misfits, who are the baddies. You got Pizzazz, who's like the lead singer. You have Roxy and Stormer. And then later came Jetta. Jetta. Ja, who is a Brit. She, I think maybe season two came in. She's got the biggest hair of them all. She has very large hair. Well, second probably to one other person that we'll talk about in one second. And then Eric Raymond, of course, who is the former part owner of Starlight Music with Jerrica. But then he runs Misfits Music and then later Stinger Sound. So now we enter the Stingers. Season three, it's the characters that I remembered that I didn't want to tell Pete about at the time. It's a band that came in from Germany. Okay. It's one guy and two girls. You've got Riot, who we later learn his real name is Rory. Rory, Riot. He's the lead singer. He has got the most luxurious, long, blonde hair. He wears like ruffled shirts that are open at the chest. Or wait, Long jackets. Didn't one time you have on like a leopard print with like mesh over top oh, of it? He, like he, he was full 80s rock star. He has the best style. Yeah. It was my dream for us to dress up as Gem and Rio. And we, we did for some photos. Yeah. Uh, but now I think maybe we should be Gem and Riot. Maybe. Because yes. Riot is pretty sweet. Or maybe we should be Pizzazz and Riot or like, Ooh. I don't know, Minx and Riot. Because Rapture and Minx are the other yeah. members of the Stingers. And they are also extremely fashionable yep. ladies. Yeah. Alongside them, there are some recurring characters that we've seen throughout. There's Dance. With, with an, an S. With an S. <laughs> <laughs> She's their dancer friend. She's a friend of Gem and the Holograms. She has the most beautiful, multicolored hair. She does have fantastic and every hair. Episode that she's in, I feel she has a new love interest. Yeah, she doesn't stick with anybody for very long, but no. that's fine. I'm not slut shaming her. No. I'm just saying she's just well liked. Yes. There's Lindsay Pierce, who's a reporter, and she has her own TV show on VTV, just kind of like MTV. Kind of like MTV. And, you know, the artists will come on there and do interviews and performances and stuff like that. There's Video, and she's the music video director for Gem and the Holograms. How did and they come up with that name? I don't know. But her cousin is Clash. And she is the Misfits biggest fan and she'll get in there and like try to help, you know. Well, there was a whole episode where Clash pretended to be somebody else. I don't remember who. Yeah, she went on tour with like Jim and Holograms and she was getting in there to try to sabotage them. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to find the worst footage of them possible. Right. And then in the end. She brushing her teeth. Didn't film it. <laughs> They're always trying to find something out about gem and the holograms that will ruin them forever. They're trying to find Jem's real identity, and they never can. They never do. Somehow. It's amazing. Yeah. But. And then you have the girls at Starlight Mansion, which is the foster home where Jem and the holograms live. And all their money goes to. All their money goes all to it. it. Like, they are major rock stars. And they're broke as a joke. They are broke as a joke. They have about 12 foster children, okay? And we really only, I mean, we see all of them, but the ones that I feel like have major storylines are Ashley and Bonnie. Bonnie, like, it's like speaking roles, like regular recurring speaking roles and episodes that are based on them. Right, I mean, the whole finale is around Bonnie. Yeah. And she has, she has quite a few, actually. Bonnie's always searching for her dad. She's always searching, yes, for her dad. And we think she finds her dad. She does find him. Right, that's for sure her Spoiler dad? Spoiler alert, yes. Okay, I couldn't tell. Like, it was bouncing around. and. Well, he had amnesia because he right. was in that's the war right. and he didn't remember, but then his memory comes back. That's right. So she finds, and that's one of, like... The early episodes, too. Where she was looking for him. Where she, yeah, she mistook somebody. she thought somebody. she had found him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're all over the place. But <laughs> some things that were frustrating for us as we watched. Ugh. It was even more confusing as we get further into the Jerrica, Rio, Gem triangle. Because you throw in Riot plus Pizzazz, who has a thing for Riot. And then Minx liked Rio. But it was like... 
never resolved. But they were like randomly kissing each other like Jem. Everybody was making out with Riot, everybody. And I feel like Minx kissed Rio. I don't know who initiated, yes. but Jem for sure kissed Riot a couple times. Yeah, but she also kissed Rio. Yeah. But then Rio was with Jerrica. Right. Yeah, yeah. Jem kissed Rio, not Jerrica. Right. Yeah. But there was no explanation about it. But then there's an episode where Jerrica and Rio break up. And she that's the one that you were talking about where yeah. she's upset because everybody just is focused on Jem. But like he and Jem had already been making out. And then even after that, Jerrica and Rio get back together. And the next episode, Jem and Rio are making out again. Yeah. It just does not make any sense. They should have resolved the fact that he knew who Jerrica and Jem were. They should have resolved They should that. have. And they never... Yeah. Did. And also very confusing as a kid watching. Yeah. So like we had said before, the not having money thing was another thing that was frustrating for us because there's an episode where Jim goes away for two or three days and everything is like they're broke. They fall apart within a day. They have to sell the company. They lose the company within the a day. Yeah. And... <laughs> Like they should have Jim lose the house. Yeah, Jem should have been gone for like six months or something. Like, okay, maybe something could have happened in that time frame. And but. only then if like they didn't have access to her millions of dollars. Like she was not only and and along with the holograms, a very famous, popular musical group. She and also she owned the label. She owned the label. That's the big thing. It's like, okay, in sync. Take NSYNC for an example. They made paltry amounts of money for how big they were in the beginning because of a terrible recording contract. Right. She owned the record label. Yes. And she was also an actress. Yeah. She was nominated for, for an, an Emmy like in the a, gem world. Or like a Golden <laughs> an Globe Oscar. or Oscar. Yeah, I think it was Oscar, an yeah. Oscar. Because she was up against, oh, because you know how they would always say, they yeah. would they would say like, Sigourney, Jamorny, uh, Sigourney, Cleaver, Cleaver, <laughs> and but I think uh, it was it was almost Sigourney Weaver. It was very close. Yeah, they would just say names of famous people, but change the name slightly. Yeah. It was hilarious. But, but she got straight shamed for even being up there. It's like, Jim, this is your first movie ever. What are you doing here? <laughs> Exactly, like she shot to fame, and then they're saying she doesn't have any money if she can't go on vacation for three days without telling anybody, and and they lose all of their. I just don't get it. Does that mean that she had to work constantly to make money to survive, like normal people? Lunches are expensive. Okay. (laughs) It's a lot of lunches every day. In the 80s, it was like 80 cents for a school lunch or something. Yeah, but it was only like $6 for a CD. No, I absolutely agree with you. It's ridiculous. That trope was super silly. Do not like it. And then for a little while, it felt a little bit more like a musical in that it was, they would go with like these themes like Mardi Gras and they had like a Western one where there was just a song about riding on a train. Literally, it's just it was like the whole riding song on was, a train. I'm riding on a train. But they made it sound like train. poppy, you yeah. know. <laughs> it was just a little, it jumped the shark a little bit for it me did. there. I think that that was maybe at the end of season two. And then season yeah. three was when they brought in the stingers. And that really changed things up. There were some things that felt a little bit off from their norm. And I know that they were just trying to come up with new ideas. But yeah. It was like low effort songwriting, but it's like, okay, we've we've written 155 songs. What else can we write? I love the dirt. Ooh, dirt. <laughs> <laughs> We're gardening. But I, I, I still feel like there was story to tell without the songs. There was because there were was. so many unanswered questions. The, the introduction of the Stingers was actually really interesting for the show. It was. It added a lot of drama to the show and... I appreciated it. I was sad to see it go when it went. I know. I feel like it finally kind of hit a stride again where it was... Interesting. Yes. Yeah. So from this part, this season and a half that we watched, what would you say your favorite moments are? I really liked Riot. Yeah. (laughs) I thought he was a complicated character in the fact that he wasn't always a villain. He was like a multi-dimensional character. Sometimes he was a villain he, and he was like a pampered rock star. Yes. And super full of himself. But then sometimes he's like super introspective and makes the right choice. And you're like, I like a complicated villain. Well, you learn that he's got a lot more to his story when you find out about 
you know, his parents. He's got a lot of layers. He does have a lot of layers. But if you think about it, that's kind of the same way that Pizzazz is and Stormer and Roxy and Jetta. Like, we find out their backstories. They try to show the softer side of everyone, I feel. They do, but I I think Riot takes it to another level where... Well, maybe because he's a man. No, no, not because he's a man. I will say because when do you ever see Pizzazz making the right choice through most of the show? You do see her help out and things like that. You do. Yeah, but she can't say like specific instances at this moment. But I know that there are times before the Stingers came on. That's what they did with the Misfits. They would have them randomly be nice. All right. Well, maybe you're right. And I I just miss that. I always feel like, you know, Riot is a little more in your face. If you can be more in your face than Pizzazz, that's Riot. I thought. Riot was less in your face and was more multidimensional than, say, Pizzazz or maybe Eric Raymond. When did Eric Raymond ever do a good thing? Did he ever make the right choice? Riot did continually and repeatedly make the right choice, but then would also do not good things. And he's like mean to foster children. Yeah, he was super mean to foster children. But we kids. saw Pizzazz be nice to foster children. That's true. Listen, so- maybe I'm just one sided. And I can't see the good side of pizzazz. Well, I think it's probably just because Riot is more fresh on your brain. Maybe. Because we watched those early, you know, the early season months ago. All right. What we're going to have to do is rewatch the whole show (laughs) from start to finish. We don't have enough time. (laughs) There's never any time. But I did really like Riot. I I thought he was a lot of fun. I also liked the Stinger's music. Now, this is where we also had another disagreement. I thought the Stingers sounded like, for example, at the time, New Kids on the Block. You did not think that. Because it's one dude singing, I felt, to me, they invoked boy band. I think you just felt that way because it was a male singing a pop song. That's why it felt like a boy band song to (laughs) you. It sounded like Jordan Knight singing a solo in a New Kids on the Block If Jordan Knight was on his solo career being a jerk to me in the backstage of a concert. Question. Was Jordan Jordan Knight in New Kids on the Block? Yes. Yes. Got that right. (laughs) I'm very excited about that. You're learning as we're doing all of this (laughs) podcasting. All right. So my third one, you've already covered, but I'm going to hit it up again. The Day the Music Died is the episode. That's when everything fell apart in an instant. (laughs) Jem's gone for like a couple days. She's stranded on an island purposefully by Riot. And... Well, yeah, because Riot like tricked her. Yes. Into thinking, oh, the boat's broke. We can't go anywhere. Yada, yada, yada. And she loses the, well, Kimber loses the company to pizzazz because they can't pay the bills like that. Like immediately they can't pay the bills. How do the misfits have more money than they have? It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I Be- guess because they're they're not feeding twelve other mouths. No, Pizzazz's father. Oh yeah, is that's like a, right. In the eighties, Phyllis, a billionaire. Father, he's an eighties billionaire, which right. is a lot. Of, that's a lot of money now mm. for the eighties. That's he's probably close to like a trillionaire or something. He's like the richest man in the world. Forgot about that. But the reason I like that episode is you also get everybody singing in one song. Other than Jem and Riot. Oh. You get you get the holograms. Yeah. You get the misfits. True. And you get the stingers. Mm-hmm. Because Pizzazz is in charge of all of them at that point. Which is kind of fun. It's funny because my first favorite moment listed right here underneath yours is that same episode. Yeah. Because it, look, it says, I love the episode where Jem has gone away to the island with Riot. The reason that I love it is because the characters break the fourth wall. It starts out with like Kimber oh, yeah. being like looking at the camera and saying, we haven't seen Jem or Jerrica in four days or three days or however long it's been. And, and basically just talking about how everything's falling apart. But then later you see like Pizzazz talking to the camera. Yeah, and you're right. There is a lot of fourth wall breaking Rio in that talking episode. to the camera. Yeah. And And that's your favorite. Yeah, I loved it. I I thought it was a lot of fun. I love, you know, I watch Bravo. And the past couple of years, a lot of the shows on Bravo, like Real Housewives and Vanderpump Rules and shows like that, have started to break the fourth wall a bit. Where it's like, they acknowledge the fact that they're filming a show. Yeah. And so to see it on Gem and the Holograms, I was just like... Okay, I like that. Mind blown. I loved it. I was like, what is this? I feel like we were actually getting ready to turn it off for the night. Then Kimber starts talking to camera and I was like, what? Wait a <laughs> I am so intrigued now. Keep it going. 
<laughs> and I, I'm like, we then I feel like we just finished the whole season after that <laughs> because it got really interesting. What was the show? Oh, it's a show. Um, it's like Fleabag. Yes. Just in early cartoon form. Or High Fidelity. Yes. On Hulu with Zoe Kravitz. I have not watched that. Remake of the John Cusack one. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, where they talk to camera about what's going on. I love that. That is a, it's a fun thing that like keeps you in the episode. It does. It makes you feel like you're a part of it. Yeah. House of Cards is it as well. It's kind of like the never ending story where you're a part of it. It is. Mm. 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 Okay, number two, I had already kind of talked about this too, but I like seeing Pizzazz's softer side and with her crush on Riot, yeah, we really got to see a lot of that. She loved her some Riot. She did. She changed into a completely different person. Yeah. And we see Rapture from the Stingers, who always is like trying to trick people and scam people and everything. Yeah. Like trick Pizzazz into letting her give her a makeover where she looks like a baby doll, basically. And then she has her drink like this weird potion and like pours all this salt in at the end. All this stuff that is going to make Riot fall in love with her and Pizzazz falls for it all, (laughs) which is so funny because you see Pizzazz is just like this hard, not falling for anything. And then the series finale, like we said, it actually felt like a series finale. They were saying goodbye to Bonnie who, like we said earlier, had found her father. But it felt like a real goodbye from each character. It felt like everybody got a goodbye. And they all came together at the end. It was another moment where they all sang together. Even Rio had a singing part. Yeah, which he never sings. No. So you know they knew it was the end when they were giving Rio a singing part. Yeah. And it actually made me a little emotional. Yeah, it was sad to finish. I was like, oh, I don't want this to end. What else is? What else can we watch from Jim? <laughs> Give us more... But they, you know, it was like they were saying bye to Bonnie leaving, you know, she was leaving the foster home. But you knew it was really like a goodbye from everyone because of the fact that they had the misfits there and the stingers there. And they, yeah. everybody was coming together and being nice. Like the misfits brought presents for Bonnie and it was just a different feel. It ended on a good note from everybody, which you're right, is like abnormal. It was good to see it. Everybody came together at the end, which was fun. It was fun. The only thing that was not fun is that Rio was still duped. Yeah, he never, I really thought they would clue him in. I was surprised. I would love to talk to, you know, the creator of the show and find out why, or the writers and, and just find out why they never went there with it. Yeah, I forget who's... It's Christy Marks, I think, is the... It is. I actually just started following her on Instagram recently. Did you? Yeah. It'd be be fun to ask that question, like, did Rio know and we just didn't realize that Rio knew or did you have plans for that? Because it's like, I don't know. It was just like a a thread that was never tied up that needed to be. I wonder if my friend Samantha Newark knows. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she if you probably do, knows. reach out. Yeah. You got to let us know. You got to clue us in. She can come on the podcast and answer that question. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I guess it's that time. It's the time for toys. Toys. And or nostalgic items. Yeah. I actually think this week we both chose our just nostalgic items that aren't yeah. actually toys. So this was another Christmas gift that you got me this year. It was. This was my favorite coloring book from childhood. Because I had this coloring book, and you got me an actual version of it. It is the Empire Strikes Back coloring book, and it is amazing. Another fantastic Christmas gift. Mm -hmm. And it is the original, like... Like yellowed pages. Yellowed pages. (laughs) But not delicate. No, like it's... This is what it looked like back in the day, like maybe a little lighter, but... I mean, I can remember coloring some of these faces. Like, there's Luke on Hoth. There's C-3PO. I mean, it's just it's just wonderful. The fact that I could find it and there's not been any coloring in it. Yeah. Because there are a lot of them out there that have pages that have been been colored colored in. Yeah. Well, yeah, this one is blank. It's got Princess Leia on the front. It's got Chewie behind her with his C-3PO backpack. (laughs) (laughs) And it is incredible, and I love it. When this thing got delivered. Oh my gosh, was, I forgot about that. There was this small period of time where our our mail person was delivering the mail at like 6.45 a.m. Very early. It would set our cameras off. We, you know, we have security cameras and they were waking us up because it was earlier than we normally get up. And we were just like, what is that? 
and we'd wake up and look real quick to see who it was. And it's our mailman delivering our stuff and leaving it by the garage instead of like, because normally if they come up on the porch, I think they they think that'll wake us up even more because there are more cameras there and there's cameras everywhere. But I think they just think it's like less interference if they just leave it by the driveway, like by the garage. But it's like barely covered. Barely. There's a barely an awning there. And I got notification that it had been delivered. And I woke up and I was like, because it was pouring down rain. Yeah. Pouring. And I put on some boots and threw a robe on (laughs) and ran out in the rain. At 7 a.m. At 7 a.m., to snag that thing. And luckily it was wrapped really well and it was in a cardboard, you know, like a thin box, but in a cardboard box, but it was also wrapped up inside of that. And so it was protected, but yeah, I was so nervous. You were, cause you were like, something just got delivered that shouldn't be outside. <laughs> and something else like that happened too. Oh, it was your Donkey Kong. Oh, You've already yeah. talked about that. But yeah. That showed up too. And they left it out there. In, in the, the rain. rain. And I was like, oh, no, because you just don't know how well things have been packaged. And when it's like something that's vintage like that. And paper, like it'd be yeah, Especially the ruined. coloring book. I was yeah. like, if that thing gets wet, it is ruined. Well, it is incredible. Thank you. I'm so glad that you love it. I love it. Are you going to color in it? No, I won't color this one. <laughs> I just want to look at it. I did get both of us several coloring books, which we haven't done yet. I've done one. Well, you have, yeah. Yeah. But we need to have a coloring night where we just... Yeah, because you got me a Transformers one and a Smurfs. Was it Smurfs? Yeah, I got Smurfs and I got uh, Muppets and I think I got myself some Care Bears. Because I colored, um, what's the eagle? Sam Eagle. Sam Eagle. I colored Sam Eagle. I actually did a really good job without tracing because I would always trace when I was younger. Oh, really? And then color inside of those lines. But I did it without tracing now. Oh, good job. Good boy. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, so for me, it's a Christmas gift that you got for me. And it came a little late. It did come late. It was actually great that it came late because it was like a fun surprise. I didn't even know it was coming. So it's a set of Care Bears glasses from Pizza Hut, 1983. Yes. I think you all know the glasses that would come out. We talked about the Star Wars ones that I had gotten you. There are several different ones from like Burger King, McDonald's, Pizza Hut, Hardee's. Yeah. A bunch of the restaurants would come out with them and I think it was pretty typical in a lot of households to collect them. And I had these as a child, so I was really excited to get them. They feature Tender Heart. His says, share some love. Wait, is Tenderheart the lion that you took the photo with? No, Tenderheart is the brown bear with the red heart. Oh, okay. Oh, good call. Yeah. The lion I posted on Instagram was a Care Bear cousin, Braveheart Lion. Braveheart. That's what it is. Okay. Yes. I also have a picture of me hugging Bedtime Bear, but I have not posted that one yet. Mm. Look for that soon. Oh, I didn't even notice all these at the bottom. So there's Cheer Bear, which she, I think Cheer Bear and Funshine are my favorites. Uh, but her says enjoy on the back. And Grumpy, which would probably be your favorite. Oh, that's my favorite. He always loves the grumpy ones or yes. the bad guys, anything like that. And Could someone draw a picture of Grumpy with Darth Vader? <laughs> hugging and being super best friends. I think I know someone. That could mm. draw that. I would like to see that. Could maybe be me. Blink, blink, blink. <laughs> I'm patting my eyelashes at you right now. <laughs> this grumpy bear one says, hugs welcome on the back. And then Funshine, who is yellow and has a big old bright sunshine on her belly or his belly. I'm not sure. Says, feeling fantastic on the back. Remind me what would happen when the Care Bears did their Care Bear stare. Well, they would link arms and... They would join forces and they would be able to project like a magical beam of power and light from their little symbols on their bellies. I remember, but then what would happen to the bad person? Well, I feel this is where it's wonky in my memory, but I feel like they could do anything. They could heal something. They could could stop something bad from happening. Could they disintegrate them? Not sure. Mm. I don't know if they ever did anything bad like that. I wonder if Grumpy could disintegrate people with his. I hope so. I don't think that they ever did anything like that solo. <laughs> I think they always did it together. Uh, I'm kidding. It was kidding. all love. So I, I think they just kind of turned negative situations to nice situations. All right. Care bear stare. I mean, that makes sense. But I love having these and I look forward to having a special place for them. I can't wait to drink out of them. 
And my Star Wars ones. Well, that's fine. Just do it very carefully and do not put them in the dishwasher. Yes, that's a good call. If you do, I'm going to stack them up high on the counter like you did your high school cafeteria. Ooh, I thought you'd Care Bear stare me. There's a little throwback to the previous episode. Question for you. What? What was the first ever video played on MTV? You're springing some trivia on me right now. Segway to trivia. I say it's take on me. False. (gasps) I'll give you three guesses. Video killed the radio star. Video killed the radio star by... You will never guess this. I can't remember. It's the Buggles. The who? The Buggles. The Buggles. Yes. Like a snuggle with a B. Oh, did not know that. A follow-up question. I have questions for you, too. I forgot about them. Fire away. Well, is that a follow-up or are you just one question, another question? I've got a bunch of questions for you. All right. Well, then I'll give you one. Do it. Do it. This one's easy. I'm not even going to give you that one. No, give me the easy one, please. Which actor played the jock in The Breakfast Club? I can give oh, you the multiple, jock. Um, multiple choice if you need it. Uh, Emilio Estevez. Good job. Who is the only major male character in Strawberry Shortcake? Oh, my gosh. Huckleberry Pie. Huckleberry Pie. Yay! Good job. Uh-huh. I wasn't sure I was going to get that right. Because <laughs> I remembered Huckleberry, but I didn't know. I just want to uh. say Finn. But it was pie. (laughs) Very good job. (laughs) Thank you. I remember his hat on top of his head. Nice. Which I guess is where hats would be. Yes. I mean, listen, it could have been on like a a neck (laughs) neck thing, like a choker thing. (laughs) Oh, okay. Been hanging back there. So this, I'm not sure if you know, because we haven't rewatched it for the podcast. And I don't know if you know it. I just know that you hate a character from this movie, but I don't know if you've actually watched the movie to know that you why you even hate him. All right, let's see. In Pretty in Pink. And I never watched it. Oh, so oh, you don't I hate, know. All right, I just don't like the character of Ducky. Hmm. Okay? Pretty much because his name is Ducky. <laughs> it's like how he hates Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Yes, that's a good analogy. <laughs> Do you know where Molly Ringwald's character worked? Uh, let's see. Uh, Spencer's. <laughs> That's a little beyond that time. What if I give you multiple? Okay. A movie movie theater or a record store? Um, Hmm. I would say a record store. You are correct. Of course I'm correct. I know everything. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Clockwise. Name the order in which the colors appear on a Simon. (gasps) What? You know what I'm talking about. Red, blue, green, yellow. I'll give you three guesses. Oh. (laughs) It's like we're on Big Brother. You don't know which one's wrong, but some of it's wrong. Red, yellow, blue, green. Nope. Last guess. Blue, yellow, red, green. Oh, I thought you were going to really, really hammer it home. What is it? Blue, yellow, green. Well, listen, so close. I was going by the colors of the rainbow, so I just know Roy G. Biv. You were closer than I would have gotten. Except I still said I'd have been like, purple. I still, I still said it out of order, so pink, never mind. black, and white. <laughs> I knew it. Well, at least I had the right colors. You did. At all, you had all of them. Good job. <laughs> okay. What song does John Cusack's character play on his boombox at the end of Say Anything? Oh, I was going to say Say Anything. No. Because I've never watched this movie. Oh, well, then never mind. Um, Because we need to cover Say Anything, and it's one of my favorite songs. Is it the same song that's played in that uh, British movie? (laughs) Yes, that one. Which British movie? The Christmas one. Love Actually? Love Actually. Is it the same song? No. Oh, yeah. Then I don't know. I've never watched that movie. All right. It's In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel. Is it In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel? Oh, ding, 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 ding. Oh, my gosh. We, we got some work to do. I've never watched that movie. I wasn't allowed. Okay. Okay. In this popular 80s song, what was Jenny's phone number? 8675309. Boom. Good job. <laughs> Good job. I had a boyfriend in the, like, my end of my elementary years that his- Where? The end of my elementary years. Your elementary years. <laughs> My elementary <laughs> years, fifth and sixth grade. Okay. And his, the first three digits of his number were eight, six, seven. And so oh, I wow. used to like always sing eight, six, seven, his number. 
in that in that tune. All right, give me another one to get wrong. All right. Uh, you haven't watched this one either. Hold on. Yeah. C- could How you give me like this? a Star Wars question or something, no, please? I'm, no. Watch me get that wrong, too. Listen. What was Luke's last we d- name? We did. <laughs> 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 I hope you get that. So in. Star Killer. Oh, wait. No, that's the original. <laughs> what? Never mind. Nerdy stuff. Okay. In 16 Candles, we have watched that recently. Yeah, we have. What kind of car does Jake Ryan's father drive? Oh, um, Jake Ryan's father. I feel like it's a Jaguar. No. Bentley. I can get, well, okay. Here's a, here's your multiple choice. Okay. Mercedes Benz, Bentley, Rolls Royce, Porsche. <sighs> it's not a Porsche. It's, we'll go with a Rolls Royce. Yay. Yay. What? 1988 movie gave Julia Roberts her big break and included Matt Damon's first speaking line. (laughs) Mystic Pizza? Yes! Oh, good. It threw me off with Matt Damon (laughs) because I don't really know that movie that well, but I know she was in that. You are so much better at this than me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Okay, this you should get. What was the name of the pirate whose treasure Mikey and his friends were searching for in the Goonies? One-Eyed Willie. Yay! You did it. Woo! Woohoo! Did we end up with the same amount of questions? I still have more. Oh, well, go Are ahead. Are you I done? I don't have any more, yeah. Where does Ferris Bueller go to school in Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I can give you two choices. Let's hear two choices. Northbrook High or Shermer High? Oh, I can see the actual school, which was used in other movies. Uh, Mm -hmm. Shermer. Yay! Kaboom. Sorry, I keep making the same sound every time. Yay! Yay! Uh, Okay, sorry, mine is a little longer than yours, and I just want to know. What is the name of the spirit who possesses Sigourney Weavers, not to be confused with Sigourney Beavers, Character <laughs> in Ghostbusters. Uh, the spirit who possesses. I've got two choices. Yeah, tell me you. and I'll get it because I can Zool almost see. Zool or Zeus? Zool. Yay. Good. You did it. You did it. Did it. Um, which of the following was not a technique that Mr. Miyagi used to teach Daniel in the Karate Kid? Shoot. Go ahead. Sweep the floor or paint the fence? Yeah, it's sand the floor, so it's no sweep the floor. Good job. But I remember the paint the fence. I remember paint the fence. You almost got me because sweep the floor is like, yeah, like sweep the leg, sweep the floor. But it's it's sand the floor. Is it? Is that where he does wax on, wax off? No, that's on the cars. That's wax oh, on, wax okay. off. But it's very similar where he's like doing the circular motion, sand the floor with his hands. He's sanding the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch Stand By Me? Uh, we were Phoenix and... I've seen it. Lots don't, of people. Don't remember it, though. Oh. But give me, give me a shout out. Jerry O'Connell. No, we'll, we'll go on. What about E.T.? You know this. What was E.T.'s favorite candy? Reese's Pieces. Yay. All right. I think that's enough trivia for today. I feel like I won that hands down. You do? I crushed it. I feel like it was eight to two, maybe. Like, landslide my way. Mm. I don't think that's true. I think I just had more questions for you than you had for me. (laughs) You won trivia this week. (laughs) Absolutely. We should actually probably take scores. We're going to keep score next time and we'll have equal amount of questions rather than (laughs) these doozies that you gave me that nobody could answer. Nobody can answer these questions. These questions are so easy. They only had two options for multiple choice. Are you kidding me? A or B? You've just never watched an 80s movie in your life. I don't know how we're doing a nostalgic podcast. I watched a lot of television in the 80s and (laughs) The Wizard of Oz. and That's not an 80s movie. (laughs) I watched it in the 80s a lot. Okay, okay. All right. And the Ten Commandments. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be covering that next week. Yes. Get your popcorn ready. The 10-hour special of the Ten Commandments. (laughs) So... Before we go, I just wanted to give a shout out, or we just wanted to give a shout out yes. to our very first patron on Patreon. When you're the best of friends. It's Amber. Amber, Amber is our new best friend. Thanks, Amber. <laughs> we love you, Amber. And 
we thank you for supporting con- us. Supporting us when we don't have anything going on on Patreon yet. But I guarantee you that we will be soon. We have some things that we're planning. So we hope that some more people will join you there. And in the meantime, I'm having fun emailing with you and getting to know you. So if you want to join Amber and us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. You can find us on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod, Facebook at we don't want to grow up exclamation point, or you can email us at we don't want to grow up pod at Gmail. A lot of people have been DMing me on Instagram with their photo submissions, and it's been so much fun. There are so many. I... If you think that you've sent me one and I've forgotten about you, I haven't. I'm going to post it, I promise. Uh, Some of the pictures that we're looking for are pictures of you with toys from the 80s or 90s. Hopefully with a celebratory face, but that's (laughs) not a requirement. It's not a requirement. Uh, School photos with props. That's a new thing I've been getting lately. I never had that. I feel like they shoved like books in my hand in some of them, but it was never where it was like, bring your own prop, where I've been getting a couple of photos from people where they were told to bring in a prop. Like bring your toy to like show and tell kind of thing. Yes. Did you, you saw the one photo where the girl had a helmet and her yes. ro- her rollerblades with oh, her. Oh, for her photo. Yes. Yes. She was told to bring that in. I have another one that's amazing that I'm going to post soon. I can't wait to see that. Send those in if you have them. If you have glamour shots, that's oh, one that yes. I never took a glamour shot. I wish I had. If you have them, please send them. Or the school photos with the fun lasers in the background. I can remember that background for the school photos. Yeah, I, I don't think I didn't have any like that. Also, I'm obsessed. If you if you have been on our Instagram at all, you know I'm obsessed with bedrooms of the 80s and 90s. Yeah. So I love them from the catalogs, but I also love your authentic bedroom with your posters on your walls or, you know, to see your bedding, anything like that. So any photos of your bedrooms from the 80s and 90s, 80s and 90s hair, of course. Yes. Early, to, early 2000s also. Send it all or anything that we're not thinking of. And we love to share it. Anything that you feel is nostalgic, send it in. Send it. We want to see it. And I guess that's it. That's it for this week. Thanks for sticking around. Hope you'll join us next week. Yes, we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye. Show's over, Synergy. Synergy.